Are you trying to figure out how your company will journey and profit from consumers across connected devices? Come to the Multiscreen Summit in New York on June 11th and 12th and learn how from over 50 speakers. Use coupon code LBMA025 for your 25% discount now at www.thescreensummit.com. Build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub Real-Time Network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. everybody and welcome to this week in location-based marketing today is may 26 that's sunday morning bright and early and this is episode number 131 my name is rob woodbridge tv oh located in ottawa ontario canada home of the golfing ottawa senators and joining me as always from the other team that's golfing <laughs> Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto, yes, with the uh, uh, Golfing Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. You know, it, it's okay. I feel I feel okay. You know, the thing about hockey, and for those who don't watch hockey, you know, it's not like baseball where, where um, you know, you control your destiny. In hockey, you kind of control your destiny, but the clock has a lot to do with it. So as the Senators are facing down this kind of monumental task of getting three goals in the third period of a game, you kind of come to terms with it over those 20 minutes that the game is done and the season is over. You know, there's not much that they can do about it at that point. And, and this, is, this is what hockey is. It kind of makes you feel better. Not like the Leafs where there's 10 minutes left in the game and they're up four to one. And then it's like so sudden that it's like ripping hair off with wax. You know, that's what it must feel like, I'd suppose. But mm. we, we came to terms with it, which is the key, I think. Anyway, welcome, Asif. This is episode yeah. 131. This is a busy day. We're both leaving. We got to get this done. I'm not going to be able to edit this. So it is going to be as raw as can possibly be. And uh, we've already had so many technology challenges. We might as well just we might as well just jump into a few of the announcements that we got. You have a very, very busy week ahead, don't you? Yeah, there's a lot going on for uh, for us at the LVMA, um, you, know, you know, and uh, I guess four or five events, <laughs> something like that all this week. So um, a bunch of LBMA chapter events. So there's uh, an event on the 28th uh, in London. Our LBMA London chapter is hosting an event on mobile and location, the future of, of High Street. That's looking really interesting. Um, the same day, uh, also on the 28th, our Atlanta chapter uh, down in the south southeast uh, of the U.S. is hosting an event in partnership with the Technology Association of Georgia, which is TAG. Um, and that's being put on uh, at the Weather Channel's uh, offices, so uh, interesting stuff uh, going to be talked about there. The next day on the 29th, uh, two events going on as well. So I'm going to be um, in Madrid for the Solo Mo Summit, um, and that's a one-day uh, event. So if you're going to be uh, happen to be around Spain and you can get to Madrid, join me on the 29th. would love to see some of you guys in person. Um, also on the 29th, our Berlin chapter is hosting a, uh, an event there um, at the Agora Collective, so uh, check that out. Uh, and lastly, on the 30th, uh, our Amsterdam chapter is hosting uh, an event called the Cross Channel Challenge. So it's looking at uh, omni-channel and uh, you know, different types of media and how location ties to that, and that's being hosted by Adobe. 
Um, and so plenty going on uh, around the LVMA ecosystem um, in, in the next uh, week. My goodness. So, yeah. I don't know how you keep up with that. And, and uh, so you're leaving, you're leaving uh, this evening to go and run off. And uh, so you're going to be in Europe for most of the week, which is fascinating to me. I, li I like that idea. Although travel is not as glamorous no. as one would think. <laughs> No, it's not. Uh, but yeah, I'll be over there. Um, looking forward to connecting with some uh, some new folks, and uh, and then of course we have the multi screen summit coming up as well uh, in uh, in just a couple of weeks. So uh, and that's in New York. So don't forget though, if you register, if you haven't registered for the multi screen summit, you go to the multiscreensummit.com and uh, you can register with LBMA zero twenty five and you get twenty five percent discount as as you probably know. Yeah, well worth it. Go and go and do that and come and support Gary, our good friend Gary Schwartz, who's on the episode on our episode last week, right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be in Toronto uh, the 27th and 28th. Uh, that's uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week at uh, Discovery, the con Discovery Conference at the Metro Toronto uh, Convention Center. I'm going to be talking about the state of the app economy with uh, Rami Lama from Sapient and uh, Carolyn Luco from WIP. And this is a, an interesting conversation that we're going to have. It's basically three of us talking about uh, really what the app economy has enabled us to do in business. And we're not talking about building the next 99 cent great app because you know that time has passed. What we're talking about is actually how to leverage what is happening in the industry to make sure that your business catapults as a result, can, is catapulted as a result of, of this mobile ecosystem that they've, that they've built and the fact that everybody's carrying these devices. It's gonna be fascinating. And that is uh, on the 27th and 28th at the Metro Toronto Convention Center in, uh, in Toronto. So if you're around, please stop by and say hi. Uh, remember, hugs, not punches. Hugs, not punches. Right? I like yeah. it. Yeah. So we got a big show, uh, six six stories. We've got our uh, app choice of the week, which is re really cool. Uh, and our guest, our special guest, is Martin Shen, who's the co-founder of Up Out, which is a local uh, event discovery application on the web and, of course, on mobile. And uh, it's a very unique company. Got some some good questions to go through with him. It's part of a longer episode that, unfortunately, it won't air until sometime in July, simply because it's under embargo for some of the new features that they're rolling out. And um, and you're not going to find anything, uh, any of the new features listed in this conversation. But it's very worthwhile to sit and understand what it takes to build out a an event discovery application. So. Should we jump right into it, Asif? Are you, you ready to yeah. do this? Yeah, I think that, uh, of course, if you want to leave us a voicemail, if you want to leave us a, 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 any kind of comments or suggestions, reach out at untether.tv forward slash talk, and we will play that in its entirety, uh, of course, on, on air. So why don't we just jump right into our into our first story, which is really the app of the week. This is this is neat. I, I, I think it's neat because we've been talking a lot about the uh, you know, everybody's heard of Uber, the cab company, and what that has started about, uh, you know, creating, r removing, I, I don't know, scarcity of the cab industry and uh, selling excess inventory. And, and there's a site called mytime.com, which I discovered maybe a week or so ago, that is doing this, but for uh, appointments, uh, which is kind of like the Uberization of all services. So if you need a, you know, a massage, and uh, you've got a few minutes to kill, you can do a search for massage, a location-based search for massage on this, and it will tell you, it'll give you a discount, and it'll try to draw you in to, uh, to local uh, massage parlors or, or uh, um, massage places. You, if you need an oil change, if you need yoga, it's, it's actually a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating application, don't you think, Asif? You know, it, it kind of takes a lot of the market that, uh, for me, you know, the deals uh, that Groupon and Living Social and guys like that were kind of focused on attracting these 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 service-based, um, you know, offers, uh, what, you know, massages, you know, manicures, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
you know, and um, and, and gives you a, a effectively a search engine um, that uh, you know helps you find those things based on your location. Um, and the reality is, is that um, y you know w we haven't moved away from you know the web. Um, you know, not everything has to be in an app. This, for me, is an effective service. Uh, you know, for for whatever you're looking for that happens to be around you, um, and obviously you can pull this up on uh, on your mobile browser as well. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of functionality here, and I think you know just that that simplicity of finding stuff around you when you need it in terms of services, uh, and then being able to book them and being able to you know get the deals all kind of put in one place is uh, makes sense, right? I mean, it's like it's like Open Table, right? But for for a much wider range of uh, services, what it, it follows so clearly on the on what we've we've talked about, which is this this world of excess inventory. If you've got if you've got open appointments, if you're like you know dental examinations or cleanings, if you've got open appointments, why not try to fill that by filling it with by anybody by giving them a discount to get in the door? You know, once like in a restaurant, once this once the dinner is served. That dinner hour is done. You've lost the revenue potential. So why not use something like this? And and I, you know, I like this because it gives you the opportunity to browse without having to sign up for this coupon stuff, right? Um, and yeah, and it, it most of the time it's it's uh, you know, it, it's spur of the moment for some of these things. So look, I'm looking for a good deal on something at this very moment at this time, and I'm sitting in my house. So, I mean, if you're interested in this, go to mytime.com, mytime.com. And it's limited uh, rollout right now in only a few cities, but it, you know, you're gonna start to see these things roll out much more location-based mm -hmm. services like this, where you're selling excess inventory. So if you call this Uberization of services or excess inventory management, I think that this is, this is something that we've been talking about for quite some time. It's very cool to see this coming to fruition, I think. So, mytime.com. There you Very go. Very cool. Good start. Okay, so jumping into the stories, we got six great stories here. Uh, and, and you, you know, the first story, near and dear to my heart, I've talked about Shazam as this incredible incredible layer of ads or potential layer of ads on top of everything there's 300 million people that use shazam these applications they've just launched their new ipad app uh with something called background tagging this is you, you know this is a for me shazam is going to be the quiet dark horse that disrupts the advertising networks television radio everything and they're starting to do this it's available in the states now where you can tag you can tag anything right you can tag um ads you can tag the Super Bowl, you can tag television shows, you can tag music. And now what they've uh -huh. done is they've created this always on layer be behind the scenes. And this is what's fascinating for me is the fact that they've done this. They've created, they've, they've left it running in the background. You know, I talk about this with moves. I talk about this with flock and this trend that we're seeing in these applications that just lay dormant until something happens that triggers it. And this is one of those things that it's going to be, it listens to you with your permission. It listens to what you're listening to, not to you particularly. And if it recognizes something, it tags it. And it recognizes that, that you're listening to it or you're watching it, and it tags it. And then it has so much power as a result of that. Some people might think this is an invasion of privacy. But if you agree to doing this, boy, the, the, the wealth of information that you can be able to get from these applications are incredible. And from an advertising standpoint, this, to me, is a gold mine that is the missing link uh, for, for Shazam to be able to run those old ad networks out of town. I like this. I like Shazam. So I mean, I'm yeah. I, I'm a huge fan. I use it all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, especially because you know we've been talking a lot on the show in the last you know 
year and a half now about uh, you know the applications to uh, you know TV commercials and all the stuff they've done with the Super Bowl and uh, during the Olympics and all that kind of stuff. And um, for me, you know, I'm often sitting there watching a show, um, and there'll be some music in the in, in the middle of the show. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's a great song. What is it? But by the time you grab your phone and, you know, launch the app it's too and hit the Shazam button, you know, it, it's done. And then I, what I find is I, I end up having to kind of rewind back because I'm always watching on my TV. <laughs> I remember watching live. So I rewind back and then play it again and then Shazam it um, so that I can get it. I, and the number of times I do this, honestly, I mean, I do this all the time. Um, and, and or you're in the car or, or listening to radio or whatever it is. So if I can just have the thing sitting there and it's just sitting in the background, it's listening all the time, um, and it pulls every I think it's every three seconds or something like that. Uh, it's pulling, and um, you know just activating it and doing this listen. I, I, for me, that's great because it's just tagging the stuff that I want tagged anyways. Yep. Uh, and then I can kind of go back and review and say, no, I'm not interested in that one or that one or that one. But those three, yes. It's documenting. It's uh, documenting your life, right? Uh, and I think that that's why I'm, I like I like apps like Moves. I like apps. I used to like apps like Path, but it's too invasive. I have to if I have to remember to check in or do something, it's too much for me right now. I'm lazy, lazy, lazy. So I yeah. like I, I I do like this and. Um, you know, I use it simply because I don't recognize some of the new music. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll Shazam an ad or a commercial here in Canada because there's a song on I like. And I'm like, hey, I lean over to my office and say, like, hey, this is this song. It's a real song. She's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know, Rob. So, so th this, is, this is it right here. I don't know if you can see that, yeah, Rob. But, uh, one of the other uh, features that's part of this besides the auto tagging that I think is really interesting is there's an explore tab down at the bottom here. And when you hit this Explore tab, it uses the GPS uh, in the device. So it's a very location-based feature that uh, helps you understand also what uh, what is uh, tagging by location right now, what's trending, what tags are trending by location. So I can, I can go here and I can drill down into, um, let's see, where's Toronto? Toronto's right there. And then it brings up a tag chart for Toronto with the songs that are currently uh, being tagged most commonly here uh, in, in this part of the uh, of the world at the moment. So that's really interesting too. Um, and, and to see the differences as you look, you know, in what's happening in Spain or what's happening in, in other parts of the world right now, so. You know, if I'm a radio station, you should be leveraging these so that you're playing exactly what people want to hear, right? And I think that that's going to influence a lot of things. And uh, I, I interviewed a guy, um, you know, a company called Soundhound a long time ago for Untether.tv, yep. and this is what they were doing. They were taking that data and categorizing exactly what uh, like Shazam is doing and, and pushing it out so that uh, radio stations have their playlists set um, because it's based on the popular activity that's going on in their location. And I think that you, you see those influences everywhere. It's no longer a national view that everybody likes the same songs you can get regional and then you can get neighborhood based for smaller radio stations and podcasts i think it's very very cool i'm a big fan of shazam i think that these guys are an unsung hero they're underrated they're going to destroy the ad networks and this is exactly the, the, the next move for them so kudos to shazam i i love this company yeah, yeah. Love it. It's one of those. It's one of those companies that that will be a household name if they're not already. Uh, and we we will see these guys dominate. Um, at least they're opening up the market for that. So if you're interested, go go to the app store. Go download any of your app stores. Go download the Shazam application. Um, certainly on the iPad is a is a new version and uh, the iPhone. Very cool. Yeah, and and coming to uh, Android apparently in uh, in a few weeks. It as has well. to. I mean, it has to. So it absolutely yeah. has to. All right. So there you go. Shazam, our first story. On to the second one, Asif. 
Yeah, so this is a story about a company called Uber Media uh, launching a new uh, ad platform called Uber Ads. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Uber Media, it's uh, it's run by a guy named Bill Gross, who uh, is very well known within internet uh, marketing, digital advertising uh, circles. He uh, his uh, he was the guy who founded Overture back in the day, and uh, and sold that company uh, to Yahoo back in 2003 for 1.63 billion. Uh, so he's done all right, and uh, so he's on to Uber Media now. And Uber Media is a company that uh, is right, you know, right smack dab in the middle of what we talk about every day, and and that is, uh, you know, changing the paradigm for how mobile advertising works, uh, and and how to make it more effective by combining, in this case, social signals and location data for better ad targeting. Um, so for, it's all about context. It's all about uh, looking at your history, looking at where you are right now, where you've been, you know, and pulling data from Facebook and Twitter and Foursquare, uh, and then delivering relevant ads, uh, you know, that are timely uh, based on that data. So, a couple of the examples they just did um, a couple of campaigns. One for uh, for Chevy, uh, where they delivered. Um, th they knew that uh, you know, customers had visited dealerships based on Foursquare check-ins and other, or Facebook check-ins. Uh, over the last little while, and then they delivered an ad for for a new Chevy to people uh, based on that data, um, all within you know sort of the same time frame uh, while they were doing those searches. Uh, another example they they gave was that um, you're you're a movie fan, uh, and you know f from what we can tell from Facebook and Twitter, you like Tom Cruise, uh, and then you check into a restaurant that happens to be next to a movie theater, uh, and we saw that check in from Foursquare. So we'll deliver a mobile ad uh, with an incentive for you to go see Mission Impossible, um, you know, because you're at a restaurant next to the theater, and we know you like Tom Cruise already. So we, we're combining these data. It's it's just about you know m much more relevant ad targeting, you know, that's factoring social and location uh, platforms and the data that comes from those, and and delivering ads that just make sense. And the CPMs work. I mean, these guys are getting uh, the, apparently the data that I saw from them says that. The average mobile uh, CTR is 0.88% today, and they're getting 4.7 to 6.5 times that. Which is still shitty, but it's better. It's, 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 like it's, better. it's, it's on the higher end of shitty or lower end, you yeah, know, however you want to. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I like this. Um, this is this is the difference between like you know search and find right like there there is yeah. a there's something called a um, explicit intent right when a user sits down and types in a search term and and you get displayed ads displayed based on the search term that is explicit intent those ads are there to benefit you to help you move yeah. move forward and there's something called precision targeting and exactly where Uber Media sits in this with this Uber ads and and uh, you know it, it's it's the closest thing to explicit intent that you can find based on your your history and your past and your social your social context um and you know what was fascinating by this is that they said that they they were inspired by mary meeker um I, you know mary meeker uh, releases every year the state of the internet um it's a huge presentation and you know i'm often left bewildered and befuddled we're in the industry and it's nothing new that comes out of those things i mean there's a lot of hype that comes around this because i think it validates a lot of businesses or there are just people that don't understand at all that this is a a momentum shift that is happening here and they read that and they're like oh my god mobile oh my god location-based marketing 
What is this, right? So it, it, maybe it's not for the industry people, but what's fascinating is they were inspired by the one slide that said, listen, um, the there's a gap between the spend and the use. Like people are using mobile, a, a, a huge, uh, you know, um, disparity between mobile usage and mobile spend by by business. And so he's trying to obviously get more people to spend as a result of this. And, um, and I, you know, this is... It, it's again, it's contextualized. I think Facebook owns this market right now, but uh, certainly Uber Media is right in there with their Uber ads. It's very cool. Yeah, one of the key things that they focused on, besides you know bringing the social location data you know to the forefront and using that for better targeting, is uh, is the time sensitivity around the delivery yes. of the ad. So yes, they were they were they were talking about you know how you know things like AdMob and, and, and platforms like that. Um, you know, basically, if you want to deliver an ad, you have to like send it now, or or you you basically schedule it. You know, to run you know at two o'clock or ten o'clock or, or or whatever throughout the day. With these guys, you can you can target an ad down to a minute. Uh, like like it's it's very very specific in terms of when you want to run these things. And the reporting side of it is is by the millisecond. That's crazy. So you can like adjust right on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I love that stuff too. So, you know, kudos to uh, Mr. Gross and his team. And uh, you know, uh, this for me is is the one of the right approaches in terms of how you, you know, how you leverage the data that's available out there that we talk about every day from a location perspective, yep. uh, and 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 contextual stuff, and and tie that together. Well, context is and context it, is so important. Yeah. And and if you if you don't have that kind of control, that kind of absolute control over when you're dis when you, when you're displaying an ad. Context is irrelevant at that point. And I think that, you know, one of the things that they said very clearly is that ads need to be more relevant and targeted because of the nature of the screen. The small screen is that, you know, you have a really great opportunity at a, at a mm -hmm. moment in time to attract somebody's attention. And if you don't say the right message at the right time in the right way, uh, you've lost it. And timing is very important. So um, I think that that's what's going to be most disruptive of this. It's not the social search and, and integrating your likes and your loves. Yep. It's the fact that you have this granular control over it. And you can adjust as in milliseconds as you're doing it uh, you see something that's not working you can change it right away you don't have to wait an hour or two so i think that this is an efficiency play and uh, good on uber media for doing this and if you're interested just go to ubermedia.com take a look at their uber ads uh, it's it's very relevant uh, it's very important and this, these guys have the history i mean they, they invented basically adsense right yeah uh, overture so there you go very cool all right our third story uh, comes to us from Brazil this time around, and it's Domino's Pizza, but uh, it's not the Domino's Pizza that you know and love. And uh, well, it is, but uh, they're just doing something really crazy and cool. And so, in, if you've ever been to Brazil, you'll know that the market there for movies, for movie rentals, is still uh, quite robust. It's it's uh, you know Netflix and things like that have not really penetrated the market yet uh, to the extent that they have in North America or in Europe. So a lot of people still rent DVDs from, you know, the old blockbuster type of model. You know, you walk into a store and you rent those DVDs. And so what uh, what these guys have come up with, uh, or their agency uh, has come up with for them, for Domino's in Brazil, is they've basically built a... Um, uh, a layer on top of a of a DVD, and they're working on you know major you know releases right now. Movies like Argo and Skyfall and Dark Knight Rises and all this kind of stuff. And so what happens is is you go to the store, you rent this DVD, you pop it in the machine, you watch the movie, and on top of the actual disc itself, they've put thermal ink and a flavored varnish that basically activates based on the heat in the DVD player. 
So as that DVD comes out after you've finished watching the movie, it basically smells like Domino Pizza. Like, come on, right? Like, this is cool, right? It smells like Domino Pizza. And, and then it's got um, a, a layer of text uh, uh, on top of the DVD. So, and it looks like a pizza. So what happens is, is the, you know, you, you put in that nice shiny silver disc into the DVD player. And when it comes out after the movie, it looks on top like an actual pizza pie. So cool. Uh, and smells like pizza. Uh, activated by the heat with this with this thermal ink and and, and stuff, uh, and then there's the, there's this uh, layer of text on there that says, "Did you enjoy the movie?" Question mark. The next one will be even better with a hot and delicious Domino's pizza. So good, like that is awesome. I, I love it. Um, thermal so anyhow, ink. It's like it takes scratch and sniff to the next level, right? <laughs> totally. I, I wonder, are these reusable? Right? Like at the end, like, you know, when it cools down, does like, I, I, do you have to put a new layer of ink on top of it? Is it expensive? I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't find yeah. anything. Yeah. So. Well, you know, kudos. I, like, I, I, I think this is fascinating. I like, and, you know, the timing of this art, like, I'm dying for pizza. You know, all of a sudden I want pizza. So oh. I can't imagine that I, I'd be sitting there and smelling pizza as my DVD players goes through. But uh, I like it. It's innovative. Man, is that ever innovative? Yeah. So this is in yeah, Brazil very... only, and so it, this is a uh, limited trial. Do you know, or is this something that's yeah, going... yeah, I th yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow, uh, that is you talk about cross promotion. That is incredible. Um, I I think that that is going to open up an entire market. Can you imagine that <laughs> roses. You can do that with you know Netflix is going to do this. Obviously, somebody's got to do this on a mass scale, and there's a business in there. I'm sure of it as a as a way to get into your living room with smell. Remember the old days where the internet was, uh, they had these little uh, USB plugins that were going to uh, send scent over the internet so that you could be at a floral uh, uh, website and it would send yeah. you the smell of roses or it would send you the smell of bacon yes. if you're on the bacon website or whatever. Um, this is that. This is a simpler version of that where you don't need a, to purchase a USB thing. Who, who really wants that? Like your friends will be sending you farts. Like that's not funny, right? <laughs> it's just not funny at all. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, uh, way to go, Domino's uh, in uh, in Brazil. Yeah, and, and also the, in their agency, Art Plan yeah. is the name of the agency that came up with that. So, uh, love it, guys. Yeah, pizza, pizza. I love that thermal ink. All right, so those are the first three stories. We're going to take a, a little bit of a break here. We're going to talk to uh, Martin Shen, who's the co-founder of Up Out, which is a San Francisco-based uh, unique event discovery app and website. Now, this is it's. I'm not saying that it's a unique idea, but they go after unique um, events uh, in in your neighborhood. And and uh, so I, I got to sit down with Martin, and, and this was maybe a month ago. And as I said, I cannot release the entire episode until sometime in July once they've released their new features that we actually talked about a little ahead of schedule. You know, that's what happens sometimes. Um, but I managed to extract a couple of clips here when we were talking about um, why them. And this is one of the most important things is that there are so many event discovery applications out there and they're dominated by Facebook, for example, by LinkedIn. What makes them so unique? Why them? Why they went they went out to many cities, they contracted back down to one city in San Francisco, and now they're and what it's gonna take for them to expand again. So this is Martin Shen, who is the co-founder of UpOut. He is a Canadian that had to go to the US to actually excel and find funding. That drives me crazy. He's a very smart guy, but uh, that's an entirely different story. And we talk about that in the episode, of course, but you have to wait to July to, to see that. So here, Martin Shen talking about his company, Up. I mean, what wasn't in the market already that that enables you to be this? You, you know what I mean? Like, why why you? Why now? When there's so much other stuff that's happening in the location in the event space? 
Okay. So uh, it, it's important, like for those who don't really know the event space too well, it's a an area that's been tried a lot, yeah. and you know, oh yeah, <laughs> you have like thousands of people who've tried this. You have some mild successes like Going.com or Upcoming and Zvents, right? Yeah. But then you have you know an entire graveyard of companies right there. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there there's a few things that have come up recently that have you know spawned a new generation of of event discovery type businesses. So first off, uh, you, you have mobile phones now. That, that's probably the biggest key factor. There, everyone has one now. Um, everyone uses Yelp a lot, especially in San Francisco, New York, Toronto, major cities. And then, so that that that's enabled. Second thing is you have Facebook, so you can mine all their data, and you can rely on Instagram as well as Foursquare for additional data layers on top of that to better rank your events. And then the and then the last and more, more important thing, I think, is that this huge genesis of deal, deal discovery sites has led people to be more open to discovery. So people who used to be um, you know, that guy who went to the same bar every week, every day of the week, is now Norm. You know, considering, yeah, he's considering you know, opening up Groupon and you know, discovering a few things here and there. And this concept of discovery, um, which is like a huge thing, Right, has really, really started up again. So what, what really allows us to do this is just the availability of the information, uh, right time, right place, and the, the ability to experiment a lot, especially with business models. I, I'd say that the biggest problem with the event space has been there hasn't been really a big business model behind it. It's really, really tough to gather all those small merchants and try and get them to advertise. So, you know, you have to have you have to be able to figure out a way to make money in the space if you want to grow. But you guys went from you guys went from eleven cities when you when you con, you know had the idea of this down to just San Francisco, right? Yeah. Why 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 do so, you? So let's let's look at how local tends to tends to work out. So you have a you have a few different types of models for local. You have transactional based model local. And then you also have you know everywhere local. So if, if you think of like an everywhere local and free free advertising based local, it's like uh, you know Yelp's city pages, um, that type yep. of thing. And then you have a transactional based local, kind of like Uber, TaskRabbit, Exec, um, Get It Now, those types of companies, right? So we are the key around doing a uh, a local type business is that. First off, you're probably you probably have a ton of competitors. You know that on day one. So the more you can minimize them from understanding your business, which means starting in one city, the better, right? Um, so that's why we scaled back to San Francisco, where we have control. Two, you're probably just trying to figure things out, right? There's no magic bullet. You don't have like the best idea in the world because it's been tried again, and you just have to keep iterating on it, iterating on it. So if you launch it only in one city, you don't have to worry so much about scaling those features for you know, 30 cities, right? And the other cool part is that you always have this magic bullet, right? Which is that you can keep telling people, or you know that once you expand to other cities, you can just copy the model over there. Cities for most, for all intents and purposes are fairly similar as long as you're a major metro, right? Of course, with exceptions. So, so that's mainly why we're doing one city first. And the fact is, is if we can prove it out in one city, then it's easy enough for us to scale out. 
I mean, what's the key for a scale for you guys? Is it, uh, I mean, is it, the, is it uh, you said, you know, a metropolitan city. Is it a population thing? Because uh, my assumption is that you have to have some sort of density, density of events, density of people, and then the desire to put those two things together, right? So if you have a small town of 80,000 people, there might only be a limited number of events. You can't launch in that, can you? Um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So when I say major city, I really mean top 25, top 50 metros, um, English speaking. Okay, so that, that's your that, market. That's mainly the limitation. That's your market yes. right there. Yeah, absolutely. And is it? Uh, I mean, what are some of the challenges in? in uh, like, so when did you launch the San Francisco version? When did you scale back down to one? So we relaunched the site back probably in December 2011. Okay. Um, and then we also launched uh, our mobile app in April. Um, 2012. So, I mean, it's been over a year. Uh, it's been almost two e No, it's it's just 2013. It's been over a year since you launched the website, just about a year since you've launched the, the app. Mm -hmm. um, like, has it... Uh, are, are you... Like, as you... Like, I don't even know how to ask this question without sounding like a prick, but, like, uh, has it taken you longer than you thought to to actually scale this to other cities? Or, I mean, what's been the holdup? Why has it taken so long to get to a, a second or a third city? So actually, if you look at our technology basis, in the back end, we actually have all the data for other cities. Okay. Um, so we could actually theoretically launch those other cities. You're choosing not to? But we are choosing not yeah. to. So um, reason? Right now, so the reasoning is as follows. Obviously, being a small startup, we're resource, we're resource restricted. Yes. Right? Um, so we don't quite have, it's, it's a matter of choosing, right? For us, we, we're choosing to figure out our business model Smart. Um, before scaling to other cities. It doesn't quite make sense for us um, to expand to other cities and spend resources, as little as they might be, to you know, roll out onto something that you know, we know we can always continue to do. The fact is, is that in addition to that, um, there's still like some mi minor costs in curating those events for those cities. So that, that does mean having one person there spend probably six or seven hours a week figuring out um, which, which events to include on our email, which events to put on our Facebook for those specific cities, which again is, is just more resources. So I would say that if, if, you're lo if you're local, my advice to people trying to go after the local spaces, figure out the business model before you grow nationally, because Otherwise, what's the point of growing nationally? Well, just to spend more money on something that exactly. isn't going to make money. Well, do you think that, uh, you know, there, there's this old saying, right? It's like, you know, for New York, if you make it here, you can make it anywhere, right? Uh, like, do you think mm -hmm. that, like, is, is the mountain of San Francisco challenging that, uh, to succeed in San Francisco? Is, is that the kind of feeling that you got? Like, you pick San Francisco because if we can do it here among all the noise that, you know, if we get this right here, I mean, New York should fall, Boston should fall, you know, uh, whatever, London should fall. Like, do you, do you kind of think that way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if the number of users we, we have here is like not unsubstantial. Um, we have quite a few people using us in San Francisco. The fact is, is that there's a lot of competitors, especially in our like new competitors. We're not so much worried about the old, you know, timeout or grid TO or, you know, the, the older guys in, in who don't have the technology base behind them. But the newer competitors in San Francisco, there's lots. Um, and they're, they're typically much better funded than us. So we, 
we, we think that if we can make it here, we can probably do it in any other city. Yeah. Um, that, that being said, there, there's size limitations. There, there is some um, cultural differences. But, you know, typically our market tends to be 20-something, young, kind of hip, um, and interested in weird activities. And we think those people exist almost anywhere. Of Got to thank Martin for coming on and being a part of this. Uh, I'm glad that we could at least show a little bit of benefit to him by getting this clip out and uh, ahead of the full episode. If you're interested and you're in San Francisco, go to, go to upout.com and you will, unfortunately, I mean, this is one of those things, you know, this is the kind of the stuff that maybe drives me a little crazy is you have, you're immediately prompted with a, hey, sign up. Uh, but we have a great conversation at the end of the episode about what he recommends for Untether.tv, which is pretty unique, and he recommends doing this, but I'm not really quite there. So you can download the app from uh, iTunes, uh, from the App Store, or you can log on with your Facebook here at uh, upout.com. If you're in San Francisco, I'd love to hear if you've used this, if you're currently using if you want to use it, if you've had an experience, reach out, Rob, at Untether.tv. So listen, I really appreciate Martin coming on and uh, sharing this very, very, very intimate and insightful uh, segment for us this week on location-based marketing. All right, Asif, back to the stories, man. Yeah, so uh, our fourth story uh, is about uh, indoor location and uh, Wi-Fi gear and all that kind of stuff. So this is a story about Aruba Networks, uh, which is the number two hardware company now uh, in, in the space, just behind our good friends at Cisco, uh, buying Meridian apps. Um, and uh, Meridian is a company out of Portland, Oregon, uh, been uh, in the indoor uh, location space for a while. They've been... Uh, powering uh, and mapping uh, properties um, for quite some time, uh, mostly focused on malls, uh, uh, museums, art galleries, you know, things of that nature. So they've done stuff like the Art Institute of Chicago, the American Museum of Natural History. Um, they've done some work with Bla uh, Macy's uh, and the Bellagio as well. Um, so these guys, you know, it, for them it's primarily about big properties. And, and so this this is an interesting story because what you're seeing here is a recognition by the hardware uh, community. Uh, you know, the guys actually building the Wi-Fi gear uh, that uh, that Meridian's uh, stuff talks to. Uh, you know, looking at it and saying, well, it's one thing to supply the hardware to all these um, these properties uh, and and enable them with with Wi-Fi equipment, but you know, where's the service layer? Where's the application layer? You know, what what you know? How do we benefit from that as well? And that's what we're seeing here is, you know, we're seeing Cisco buying companies, we're seeing Aruba buying companies, we're seeing, you know, more and more of this happen where they say, you know, we can't just be the hardware anymore. We have to, you know, have, have a service uh, offering around this. So when, you know, when we as Aruba now go out and sell this to, you know, the next uh, casino property or hotel or museum, that's great. But now at this, in the same breath, we can say, hey, we've got the Meridian, uh, you know, the Meridian offering here. We can we can help you understand you know where people are in those properties. We can help you deliver content to them based on that, and that's what they've been doing with a lot of the museums and things like that. It's you know you're standing in front of that dinosaur exhibit, and you're getting information delivered to you uh, that's relevant about you know about what you're looking at, um, and and so it's interesting. I, I think it's quite interesting to see that uh, that Aruba is uh, you know going to be in that market now. Um, these guys uh, need to do something. They also came out with their financial uh, report uh, for, for uh, the, you know, their latest quarterly report, 
and they had a net loss of 20.2 million bucks, uh, 18 cents a share. Uh, and so they need to find ways to generate more revenue. And I think this is this is one way to uh, to kind of look at that is is to you know, hardware is a hard thing to make money on. You know, I've been in that business before myself. Uh, one of my previous startups. Uh, you know the margins are just you know they just get eaten up um, you know on, on hardware and you know we always look to the software guys and go oh man it must be amazing you know you just you just build the thing once and then you just keep selling it and selling it and selling it and it's all profit um, and, and so um, you know it, it's it's that recognition by a hardware company that yeah there, there's got to be something else other than just the hardware that we're selling. Well, software is a little bit easier, but you need the hardware. Like this is a perfect marriage, right? When a yeah. can go in, and they have obviously you said they have massive enterprises like hospitals and these things that need to be able to track inside location. Just yeah. not just not museums, which is where Meridian plays uh, for the most part. But it, that's a that's an easy add-on. I mean, I ran a company called Rove. And Rove was this great IT administration tool that did so much. It was a software play. And what it needed was a channel, a big, broad channel that you could take that and you could take that little software play and put it into the channel, charge your customers 100 bucks a month, and it was a $30 million product. And that's exactly what happened when the company was sold. It, it went into this massive channel and was just an add-on. And I think that when you talk about Aruba and Meridian, it's the same thing. Meridian's got this great technology in the software. Aruba's got this great technology in the hardware and massive distribution. Now they're just going to add, you know, whatever. A thousand bucks a year, a thousand bucks a month. It doesn't matter for the size of the organizations that they're dealing with. This is a, a, a you know, whatever they pay for it, it will come back. It will, it will pay them back very quickly, just as an add-on service for location aware, because that's coming, and we know that because it's a multi-billion-dollar industry that we've talked about many times here. And so, look for this to happen often, right? When it comes to yeah. indoor mapping and uh, location, this marriage between hardware and software makes absolute sense. So if you're interested in any of these guys, go to arubanetworks.com or you can go to meridianapps.com as well and see some demos about what these guys are doing. Makes sense. Enterprise, big companies, hardware, software, location, outdoor, indoor. Absolutely. Those are the big trends. There you go. So, uh, fifth story. Um, so, uh, this is an interesting thing, a little bit about Dunkin' Donuts and uh, creating a little bit of anticipation, time-based discounts. This is this is a and all doing this through what ultrasound when you get into the store. So, maybe let, let's let's walk through this because Dunkin' Donuts in South Korea did a a trial of five stores, and and it, it's an app. What is it? It's an app that you wake up, you set an alarm, and you wake up, and then when you wake up you choose what you want from a Dunkin Donuts like from their menu and then yep. you hit go and basically you have three hours to walk into a participating Dunkin Donuts in South Korea and by ultrasound it identifies that you're there within those three hours and then gives you a discount is that the best way to describe it yeah pretty much yeah. <laughs> that, that's it um, yeah and, 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 and maybe we, just to add one layer to that the the breakfast market in yes. in South Korea is not uh, you know what it is in North America or in you know uh, you know the UK or markets like that. I mean, people don't go out for breakfast a lot. You know, best um, meal of the day, man. You know, like they do here. So, so this is this is part of the issue that they're trying to solve. Is is how do we drive more traffic in? Uh, you know, into the breakfast hours around you know, places like Dunkin' Donuts in, the, in in a market like South Korea. So. Yeah, this, you know, it's it's fascinating to me um, 
this approach, which is just incentivizing people to get out and get get there within those three hours. I, I, I do like what was it that it was Meat Pack, right? That we we featured a while back, which was yes, the in Guatemala, yeah, yeah. which and uh, which was basically that you had a certain amount of time, literally a timed amount, to get from one store to Meat Pack in order to buy these shoes that you wanted, and every every moment that you waited, the discount, you know, diminished. Uh, the value of the discount diminished or the value of the incentive diminished. And I think that that's one thing that's missing in this. But, you know, it, three hours is a long time to get from wake up inside of a uh, inside of a dunk, uh, not a Dunkin Donuts. Yeah, Dunkin Donuts. And the key here is that uh, it works so well. Redemption was so high that they're rolling this out across South Korea, which is fascinating to me. And I, I wonder how yeah. long it's going to take for people to get there. And the, the app not only measures uh you know what you want it also measures your sleep you know which is a, a crossover opportunity it also measures your points you get points for doing this they've gamified it against you and your friends and you can share it on facebook all that kind of stuff which is garbage i think the biggest thing is the incentive uh, you know the way that they've uh, they've incentivized you to get up and go and have breakfast and it seems to be working yeah, and one of the things, so the technology for this, uh, you know, when I, when I saw this story, the first thing I thought of was Shopkick, yep. right? Because it's, yeah. you know, same ultrasound, yeah. uh, it's the same kind of thing. But, uh, and so this this was developed by a company called Pur uh, Purples, uh, or Pierples, uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, P-E-R-P-L-E-S is the Korean uh, technology company that developed the uh, the ultrasound tagging um, and, and reading uh, software, so, so um, the Shopkick, if you will, of Korea. Um, and but what However, I like about this is that Koreans, they've developed this in such a way that it's an SDK type of approach Why? that any Either brand like Dunkin' Donuts can take and embed into and, and build into any app that they want. Look it's not a standalone. You, you have to download this one With app. Uh, it works across tagging. multiple brands. It's you know build it into your own offer. So I like that. Number two, the other thing I like about this on the technology side is that the, the way it works is there's no special hardware on the broadcasting side required. So they've built this in such a way that as long as you have an iPod or any other kind of music player like that um, that can broadcast the signal. Um, that the, the phone, the app is looking for when the, when the consumer walks into the store, then it works, right? So they've made it very simple. They've made it easy for people to to build and deploy this into, you know, any kind of campaign like this that they want to do. So I like that aspect too. So I uh, would love to uh, see what else Pierpoles is, uh, is working on uh, or who else they might be bringing this to. Tell your friend. Yeah. I think the only, the only, I mean, I love the way that they integrate and it, it plays well into our sixth story, but how they integrate, there's no hard setup costs, right? Where that you have to, yeah. you know, bring, bring something into your, into your space. I, you know, I think that the, the one challenge that I have, and especially in South Korea is that the, the notification of uh, impending doom, ultimately when your three hours are running out is this bomb about to hit a building, which <laughs> I just think, how, how does that get by? Right? Like, you know, yeah. we are, I, I don't want to be over politically sensitive, but but you're in South Korea, right? Like the last thing you really need to do is incite people with with bombs hitting buildings as the indication that that your time is running out for three hours. Stupid coupon for Dunkin' Donuts, like that. Anyway, like, this is uh, we're going to see much more of this, and this plays very much to our trends about uh, creating an incentive and then putting a time frame, a time limit on that incentive. Don't just leave it open ended because then it becomes common, right? So you really do want to create that, and and I wonder how long how the long term will play out when when Everybody knows that, oh, you know what, I can do this anytime now. It's not um, it's not unique enough. So I, I like the idea. Listen, the biggest incentive happens in the first 20 minutes. 
and then it starts yes. to peter out. And I think that they're going to have to move to that to create even, you know, that second rate, a wave of uh, in, incentive to, to get to Dunkin' Donuts. But we're, we're going to start to see this everywhere. Maybe not with a, with a bomb hitting the building like that. That's not a good visual. Not for South Korea. Not for many countries these days. So not, not big on the bombs. All right. Uh, you know, our sixth story, just to throw in here. Um, we, we've often talked about uh, this company called Level Up, uh, which is um, which spun out, and I mean it's basically a spin out of Scavenger, Seth Prebatch and the guys, um, uh, which is a, a a payment system uh, or a payment service, and these guys are small, small, small service, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but they they're doing about at the end of last year, at the end of 2012, they're doing about five million dollars a month in transactions, and it's a small company. They're up against big behemoths, right? Like Square doing billions and billions, and PayPal doing billions and billions of dollars of transactions. But the reason I bring it up is that, uh, you know, well, Square has enough momentum. They've signed relationships, signed uh, agreements with Starbucks and big companies for massive distribution. And they've come out with their own piece of hardware now um, for a, uh, you know, to replace your cash register. A lot of small businesses are not up on the, you know, the ability to do that. They can't just knock out their cash register and their inventory system for something like Square. So uh, when I when I see a little company like this level up, They've they've just signed a, a, a formal agreement or a relationship with NCR, which is the number one provider of uh, point of sale systems into small re uh, restaurants, into restaurants in North America. And I, I love what Level Up is doing here, simply because they're focusing on the smaller chains of restaurants. They're not forcing you to to uh, to bring in new hardware and new software for your POS. They're integrating what they're doing right into your existing stuff. So it makes it a lot easier to start to adopt uh, technologies like Level Up and get get into that mindset of now that it's in there, what can you do? And and I you know not not a big story. I mean, it's a big story for Level Up. I just I just want to draw attention to these these small companies that are under the wire we hear a lot about uh, square but level up focusing on that area that square used to focus on which was the small and medium-sized businesses and enabling these kind of these mobile transactions for them and and you know, we we, uh, we talked about Square an, a number of weeks ago, and that was the one thing that I said is that, you know, I hope that they don't forget what got them the ability to go and yeah. talk to, to Starbucks is that small and medium-sized businesses. And I'm, and I'm glad to see that Level Up is thinking in that way, that instead of trying to force you down a path, we're just going to integrate with what is existing in your business. And I, Yeah, and, and this, this is specifically on the restaurant yeah. side yeah. of things uh, of NCR. So uh, this opens up about 100,000 locations uh, automatically for, for Level Up uh, uh, to merchants to accept payments. And just as a quick adjunct story to this um, that uh, I didn't have planned, but uh, sort of related in, in, in a sense, um, I, I could see a partnership emerging between you know NCR Level Up and, and this, which is uh, there was an announcement this week that Grubhub and Seamless uh, are merging. Hmm. And um, you, you know, so two, two, you know, the two biggest competitors, if you will, uh, around you know takeout restaurant takeouts, um, uh, uh, about a hundred million dollars in combined revenue between the two. Um, so, so that's really interesting for me too. I, I know the guys at uh, at Seamless uh, quite well. So congrats uh, on that move, um, and you know potentially a, a relationship there to be had between this new merged company and what NCR and Level Up are doing on the payment side. So uh, so that could be interesting too. Yeah, uh, we we talked about it many times about this consolidation that has to happen, and especially when you've got behemoths at the top that are dominating. The small players are either going to get acquired or dis disappear slowly. Um, so why not be an aggressor here at this point and, and work with what you've got? And, and you know, merging seems like a logical, you know, a logical response to either do that or go out of business, right? 
and uh, and uh, and be aggressive. And so, well, these little companies, these little stories, and little hundred million dollars is not little, but in context to the guys that are dominating, they are little, little, little companies. Uh, we we should be rooting for those guys because that's that's where the nascent the 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 root of innovation happens it doesn't happen in these large 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 companies anymore they go out and acquire them so uh we got to be ho hoping and 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 rooting for companies like uh, like level up so if you're interested go to levelup.com share the love i like these guys all right those are the six stories uh asif uh, you got this fascinating uh resource um that, uh, that why don't you describe, uh, this is, uh, what is this? Uh, the local viewpoints, um, an infographic that I'm gonna pull up. And this is also available obviously on uh, the lbma.com forward slash research. Let's talk about this. Yeah, so it's an infographic that kind of looks at the importance of uh, customer feedback, uh, you know, local sentiment, if you will, by location uh, and, and the importance of, of positive uh, feedback. And, you know, we, we all know word of mouth, the power of word of mouth marketing. And this this infographic kind of illustrates that in a digital sense, the importance of mobile um, and 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 digital in in collecting that word of mouth feedback and and, and presenting it in a way that can can drive uh, you know uh, decisions around doing doing business with with you know local merchants, and so uh, they've got in here twenty to fifty percent of uh, all purchasing decisions. Uh, are are typically based on personal recommendations from friends and family, uh, and the influence around that. So, so there's a lot of interesting data in here, and it, and uh, so this is coming to us from Local Viewpoints, uh, which is a uh, relatively new company uh, out there. Uh, I was talking with uh, Gib uh, Olander, who's uh, the guy who's uh, put this thing together this week, and um, you know I, I think they're going in some in a very interesting direction around this. And and this is by the way, Gib is. Um, one of the guys who was a uh, senior part of the team at uh, Local Ease back in uh, the day. So, th so these are guys who understand location and the data around that. And, uh, you know, I, li I like the focus. So I, I like that move towards, you know, looking at location, uh, uh, feedback, and recommendations, and, you know, the... Um, you know the the finite focus, if you will, on 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 the sentiment discussion around individual locations. This is a uh, it's fascinating as we go through this. Uh, this is a a lot of data to consume. Um, but the biggest thing is, uh, you know, one of these statistics that really struck me was that two thirds of consumers state that they are more willing to spend up to thirteen percent more with a company they believe provides excellent customer service. Like that alone, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. Uh, you, you know, thirteen percent more, two thirds. So think about that. That's that's all. You, that's by saying thank you, and good day, right? In in a in a good way, yeah. not in a disingenuous way. Um, but uh, so th fascinating, fascinating thing. So you can find it at the lbma.com forward slash research. Again, this is called uh, feedback. Customer feedback matters, and uh, you can find it there on uh, the lbma.com forward slash research. Very cool. Okay, now there you have we have it. to jet set. I got to get going. I got to go mow my lawn and then uh, get on a train. So, uh, and then you got to get on a plane. Planes, trains, and lawns. Yes. Um, you guys out there listening, uh, we really appreciate it. We've had some great feedback over the last number of weeks about the episodes that we're doing here. And uh, this is our currency. This is what gets us going. If you have a story to suggest, if you have a resource that you'd like, if you're a company that would like to be featured here uh, that's in our space, I get a lot of people reaching out and saying, hey, listen, you know, we got this restaurant in South Florida I loved, and that doesn't fit here. Um, so if, if you're in the space, the location-based uh, marketing world, the contextualized marketing world, the mobile world, bring it to us. Uh, we would love to have you on the show. Come on as a guest. Uh, we'd love you to 
maybe even sponsor if you want to reach the four to five thousand people that download each one of these uh, podcasts uh, every every week. But please, 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 we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach out at robinontether.tv or cfettheldma.com. And uh, with comments, critiques, uh, and suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Please. Excellent. And if you're anywhere in Europe or in Toronto, come come see Rob or I uh, this week. We'd love to meet you in person too. Hugs, not punches. Hugs. <laughs> That's our new tag. Forget uh, location-based marketing. It's hugs, not punches. All right, Asif, somewhere, somehow, we will record episode number 132 of this podcast next week. We're not sure where Asif will be, not sure where I will be, but stay tuned. Here's a little cliffhanger. Stay tuned. We'll see you next week for episode number 132. Asif, safe travels, man, and enjoy Europe. Thanks, buddy. All right, see you later. Have a good week. Yep.